Hello and welcome to Muppet Sational, the UK's biggest Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. This week, it's Season 2, Episode 13, starring the lycra-clad twunk, Rudolf Nureyev. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational, Muppet-sational! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Muppet-sational. I'm Lewis Chandler. I'm Jade Turner. And I'm Emma Chandler. And we are here this week, as we are every week, to discuss another episode of The Muppet Show. It is very early on a Saturday morning. (laughs) How are we both doing? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm... Yeah, it's early, but it's it's fine. It's all good. We've all got places to be today, so we're gonna busy. we're busy, busy, busy. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Muppet Show, and then we're gonna go live our lives. Go live our lives and then put this away and then, and then move on. How are you both? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, poodling along. I've had a very strong coffee, so I'm like, it's like a little bit like. <laughs> yeah, you do seem a bit. Like... <laughs> I've had a cup of tea and an antihistamine and I'm feeling fine. Well, party, party. I did when I, so I had some croissants and some orange juice for breakfast and I thought to myself, if Emma had this, she'd probably be dying right now. It's like, this is too much no, Emma, sugar. Emma would be like surging. Yeah, I would be. I'd be like crazy. I'd be like a kid on E, I'd be like a kid on E numbers. Yeah, she, it'd be, it would be Judy on her uppers. Yeah. Just tapping and tapping away. Just getting that in there. Early Lewis. Gang out of the way. Well, look, we were already talking about Betty Davis before we, were. <laughs> before we even came on mic. <laughs> maybe we need to, um, you know, uh, broaden our horizons a little bit. But maybe we can try and slip in a different uh, golden age of Hollywood actress every week. I'd be like, I thought that Piggy had a very Norma Shearer-esque quality. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> I don't think Piggy has a Catherine Hepburn in her, but I can see her doing a Norma Shearer. She's there's no Catherine Hepburn in Piggy. It's not no. not now. I think Janice is more likely to be a Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyway, let's um jump in, or should I say, plie into <laughs> this week's episode. Jade, why don't you start us off with a little production information? I will indeed. So. This episode was originally broadcast on the 22nd of January, 1978. It was written by Jerry Jewell, Joseph A. Bailey, Jim Henson and Don Hinckley and directed by Philip Casson. And Emma, what have you found out about Rudolf Nureyev? Yeah, so Rudolf Nureyev was a ballet dancer and choreographer and, well, he had a very prolific um, ballet career. He started off in the Kirov Ballet um, and then basically in 1961 he was performing in France and he basically well they put it as defected but <laughs> he wanted asylum in France to uh, escape basically Soviet Russia um, wow. and then he basically performed with a uh, French uh, ballet company during that time And then he was basically there until about 1962. And that's when he kind of started his collaboration with the Royal Ballet. And he performed Giselle with Margot Fontaine. Um, And he was a guest artist with that company through to about 1977. 
And they performed all sort of like the most prolific kind of well-known ballets together. So Swan Lake, um, Giselle, like I said earlier. And what was quite interesting was Margot was actually 19 years older than him, um, which is quite Mm. unusual. And then he was then a dancer for the Paris Opera Ballet. And also he did uh, films and he choreographed films as well. Um, And he was also in a touring production of The King and I um, as well. And he was on Broadway. And then, sadly, he died in 1993 at the age of 54 of an AIDS-related illness, unfortunately. Okay, first question I do just need to get out of the way. Do we find Rudolf Nureyev attractive? I, like, I don't know if I find him attractive, but he's got that kind of, like, 70s... Charisma. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, (laughs) Lewis' eyebrow went up then. I mean, the... I don't know about you two, but the first thing I noticed when he came on screen was clearly not what I was meant to notice when he first came through that door backstage. Like, no, you're 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 staring. What at do you me. mean? He looked like he looked like he was packing. I feel like is the uh... wait. Do you wait when he came through the door? I didn't notice that bit. Oh, I thought he was wearing a long coat. No, it, it stopped. It, it was it, it it was cropped at his. Uh... It was a cropped jacket. <laughs> yeah, it was a cropped jacket. Oh, maybe I need to watch this episode again. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, look, it was working for me. The, like I was just like, as soon as he walked on, I was like, okay, so this is going to be <laughs> all right. This is going to be a good episode of television. <laughs> and then he got into those little white tights, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then he got his top off, and I was like. <laughs> Ah, God, what a dream. I was just, yeah, absolutely. I was cracked up when it got to the point, I mean, obviously we'll get there, but when it got to the point with him with his top off, I was like, this has been very carefully decided. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) we will make him topless on this show. This is happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Emma, Rudolf Nureyev or Rudolf Nareyev? I don't know. I mean, I really, I do actually really like ballet. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Emma, we all support the arts. <laughs> I don't know. I, like culture. I said earlier, he's got like a charisma about him, definitely. He can't really sing. I, no, sh- we can't do it all. I mean, the man is. Okay, uh, I know, but I love, I love the fact though that he was just like, yeah, I'm going to sing two numbers. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should. We shouldn't uh, run before we can walk or leap before we can. <laughs> All I can think of again is plie. I don't seem to have... Pirouette. <laughs> Arabesque. Beyond point. <laughs> Very good, Emma. <laughs> well, look, why don't we... Um, we'll jump into the uh, into the episode. Um, the first thing I do feel like is that everybody has been prepped on how to pronounce Nureyev. Yes. Because it feels like everybody does it at a very steady and secure place of going, Mr. Nureyev. <laughs> I know, right? It was a dream for me. <laughs> I've always said it Nureyev, which has been completely yeah. off my own back. But... but it's that classic, like, if you never hear somebody say it out loud and you just read it in a book. But I also wonder, is it a, like, is that the American pronunciation, Nureyev? Oh, that's a good point. It's like the it's like the conversation about um, Tovlo slash Tuvelu or Tuvlu. Yeah. <laughs> if, if anybody was on gay Twitter about five or six weeks ago, that was a big discussion. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm still, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure, 100% the correct pronunciation, but we can go 
Nureyev so that we're in line with the episode. <laughs> exactly. We'll follow the Muppets as we as we are doing. As already. we do. <laughs> when Scooter appeared in a tux, though, I was like, okay, we're taking this up a notch. This is very exciting that even Scooter's been put in a tux this week. Like, and, it's not... <laughs> oh, and then we cut through to the first scene backstage and they're all in little suits. <laughs> I absolutely loved that first scene. And the entire backstage covered in flowers. Like, so sweet. It was. And what I loved about it is that all of, pretty much for the entirety of this episode, everything was, all the comedy was situational. It was so driven by plot or by character interaction. And so it just really felt like a proper storyline and everything fed into each other. And every, basically every act that performed on stage was in some way influenced by the overarching plot it felt so strong to me as a narrative i really really loved it it just it just felt so much more like a piece of television of now or at least mm-hmm. you know just something that just feels so much more um you know story led and mm. yeah it was great so great that i didn't even mind robin so <laughs> <laughs> well robin was fine like robin was cute in this episode i feel exactly. like this, he's got a bigger he hat <laughs> yeah he wasn't whiny he was just cute and small he was just smothered by an enormous top hat and that also made no sense because kermit had a tiny top hat at the right. end he surely... had a tiny top hat he had a tiny top hat <laughs> but why on earth would he not give that to robin like that's just hilarious <laughs> Oh. Because, Jade, because this is a weird, sick program, according to Sam the Eagle. Oh, I know. I loved Sam in this opening little backstage bit where he was like, everything needs to look proper. We need dignity, culture. It's yeah. like, and the bit where he has his interaction with Kermit and he's like, have you washed your flippers? Like, that yeah. was so beautifully done. Yeah, this is so exactly great. the kind of Sam that I that I wanted from the last time we were talking about him. This was... um. This was much better. Um, did anybody else have a brief panic when uh, Sam said he was, uh, Rudolf Nureyev was like the foremost opera singer? And I was like, oh, I thought he was a ballet dancer. <laughs> and then, no, I just found it hilarious. <laughs> I was really worried that I was like, I, I was going into this thinking he was a ballet dancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you and Sam are obviously on the same. <laughs> no, I was, no, no, I was just easily taken in by Sam. I was like, oh, <laughs> guess I was wrong. <laughs> you, you were like, Sam the Eagle must be right. <laughs> yeah, I deferred to him. He's a big, bold eagle. <laughs> he is a big, bold eagle. That was the thing. Like, there was a lot of physical comedy, as particularly between him and Kermit in this episode. And mm. I felt like they really played up Sam's size. And I think it was made even funnier by the fact that he had that like vest of a tux on with his feathers. His feathers almost looked like a cape, I felt like, in this. Yeah. Like he was sort of... It was weird that he also had like a, a sleeveless tuxedo. It was very Magic Mike in a way. <laughs> They didn't want to cover up his beautiful plumage. They, no, like, we were, I we get that, but it does this. suddenly look a bit, you know, dream boys, you know, yeah, or like no, one of those, no. one of those, uh, like sort of waiters that your sort of friends order for a Hindu, where they're sort of there in a sort of a shirt and tie, but then a thong. It's a bit kind of like, oh, okay. I wonder if maybe he asked for that specifically because he was hoping he was going to get into the steam room later on and he was just going to be able to whip it off quickly and oh then my it, god it didn't yeah, happen the, maybe that's why sam was so panicky because he loves rudolf nureyev yeah 
Yeah. The opera he was trying singer. to show off the guns. <laughs> yeah. The the bit with the flippers was so great. Kermit was like the way Jim was doing Kermit's face where he was like wobbling and un- unsteady but then also when he fell over like it was just hilarious. It was so so good. But that that whole opening I th- honestly think that's like the most I've laughed at some backstage business possibly ever but definitely in a really really long time. Like yeah. there was there were some really really great moments of Sam just being Sam but then also the way that the way that Scooter and Robin and Kermit were sort of saying like yes sir back to him and lining up and agreeing yeah. to to polish their shoes and sort their hair out and everything like it, it yeah it was it was just perfect as you say, Lewis, like situational comedy, like it was like just the camaraderie just between them and the sort of collegiate feeling, and just you feel like all these people really do work together and know each other, and yeah, it's just it's great. It's um, it's exactly it's kind of exactly what I want from every mm. backstage for the Muppet Show, really. And then uh, we have Kermit's little introduction before we get to Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem, uh, which Sam is obviously aghast at. But also, I did love his little line beforehand, being like, "Culture is culture." It's yeah, <laughs> and the the six of one half dozen of another between ballet and opera as well. Yeah, <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same difference. Oh, and he also was. Did you notice he like was still prepping Kermit? He was like dusting Kermit mm. off while he was talking. Like, yeah. Oh God, Frank Oz in this episode was absolutely on fire. Yeah. Like the characters were so on it. Although I've got to say, there would be nothing worse than wearing a suit and having somebody brush you down with feathers. You're going to look like the abominable snowman by the end of that. That is that is going to be a hindrance more than a help, believe me. But again, it's it's what I was just saying at the beginning of this episode. We go into Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem, which I was a little I was a little worried about because I was like, oh, it's such a shame they're doing all this um good setup backstage about like, oh, we want to make sure that we're you know nice and proper for Rudolph. Or Rudy, as I'm going to start calling him. And then we go in and it's Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem are trying to do a nice little, um, you know, highbrow bit of performance. And then we're getting really nice camera angles and them chatting about, oh, hey, man, I think I think Animal's going to lose it. Or like, you know, we should have left this in the minors. And it's just, I was like, yes, this is great. This is like advancing the plot, but it's still funny and it's still using the characters. <laughs> What's this bummer called again? Minuet G major. Well, they ought to send it back to the miners. Yeah, if I knew we were gonna do this, I'd have just stayed home and sent in my suit. <laughs> Animal's not gonna make it, man. Well, I think he's gonna freak. If he goes, I go with him. So something I found hilarious was that even though obviously all of the songs and sketches this week were trying to be elevated and highbrow culture, they kept calling them all the wrong thing and getting everything wrong. This is introduced as a minuet, but while Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem are playing it, they I think they say it's in G major, but it's actually a minuet in A major. 
And like, it's just hilarious to me that none of them give enough of a damn to pay any attention to what the actual title is of these very famous classical, you know, whether it's songs or opera pieces. Even I clogged uh, Giuseppe (laughs) Wagner, which I thought was like... I don't think that's correct. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not correct. Yeah, this was this was really cool. I felt a little bit like I'm just not sure about the staging. That stage they've built them. I just don't particularly like how far apart they all are. Like I really loved the chatting between them and obviously it was great when Animal freaked out and they all followed. But like I just think you lose a bit of that magic by having them all really separated. Like I kind of want them. See, weirdly, I feel the opposite. I love the sort of little blocked out staging because it gives. I thought it gave it some more dynam. Like they were cutting between them more mm-hmm. f- through necessity, but it also meant they were choosing more interesting angles. We were getting ones where, like level wise, we'd be down with Janice, and then we'd still see Animal up you know, in her top right, and then we'd see a bit of Dr. Teeth over there. I kind of liked how it meant that we were getting a picture filled with different levels and lighting. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated it, actually. Personally, I just feel like maybe there would be a little bit more to those interactions if they were just a little bit closer. And maybe also if you didn't actually have to cut between, like, each line. But I mm. don't... I, I, I suppose the only way you could... <laughs> sort of towers if you did it another way and and see which of them landed better because mm. this didn't this felt like it landed for me mm. yeah i didn't mind it i was just a bit like oh like i don't know i just there's something about that that set that i personally i just feel like it's not quite clicking yet emma you're gonna have to be the deciding vote yeah <laughs> D- oh. does the set work for you or not <laughs> i found it really fun actually and I yes thought i it was really. <laughs> i thought it was really great with how even when they were sort of you know when like dr teeth was saying like animals gonna freak in a minute yeah. and like you could see when they kind of cut to all of their different reactions to it thinking he like animals gonna like literally go crazy at any moment and then they were like well if he goes crazy i'll go crazy like yeah. i just thought it was a really like like you said, kind of some of the stuff we've seen from them in the past has been a bit like meh. But I just thought this was really, really fun. It's great that they're not just playing. I mean, not that they would just play minuet in A major because they wouldn't. But, you know, it, it's, it is nice that we're, we are seeing their personality in yeah. what they're playing. It's just like the, it's like any other sort of really strong narrative episode that we've had before. When obviously the writer's room have come up with a concept, clearly their minds have started firing of like, oh, well, we could get Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem to do this and we could have yes. this happen over here. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, giving them a really strong jumping off point mm-hmm. and seeing them run with it. It's it's just so pleasing, particularly, you know, when you're watching, as we are, this, you know, week to week, to see a sort of um, a shift in the regular uh, the regular show. It's that kind of exciting thing where it's like, ooh, it's, it's a little bit different this week. And I, I just, I do really hope it, continues the further we go into these seasons that that it's going to be more and more narrative led because it's just it's just a much more pleasurable viewing experience Mm -hmm. as you sort of said already the the way that this moved from backstage to onstage to backstage to onstage so seamlessly was really really lovely and did make it feel I guess it's that thing that we've spoken a little bit about before of, you know, is the Muppet Show a variety show that just happens to have a few backstage bits in it? Or Mm. is it actually a situational comedy 
that also has songs and dances and sketches thrown in this episode certainly feels a lot more like oh yeah it's a sitcom and then there's also a little bit of business on stage and like any good sitcom they have a flaming hot guest star to appear for one episode because then we get introduced to rudy uh, through the back door (laughs) (laughs) this bit was so great i loved that as the electric mayhem came off (laughs) sam the eagle was yelling degrading which like (laughs) Just... I mean, Sam had so ten. many, so many great <laughs> interjections. I mean, when yeah. Rudolph first turned up, and he's like, "Freak, hippie, weirdo, get a haircut." Yep. It's just get a haircut and hippie it was just. It felt so it like specifically nineteen seventies insults. I love. I think he just saw someone with long hair and thought, "Yep, you must be a hippie. Please leave." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also love the touch. I don't think it was. I don't think you could see them in the first bit. But did you notice there were opera glasses on the on Kermit's desk? Yes, I did. Yeah, those. really cute little nice touch. I thought. Yeah, this was. <laughs> I felt a little bit for Ru- Rudy, as Lewis has decided to call him. I felt a little bit for him in this because he just had to walk on, smile, wave, and then promptly walk off again. Like it was a bit of a strange. From his perspective, I was like, this must have been a bit of a weird intro. But it mm. really worked within the episode, and I loved Sam and Kermit were brilliant in it. When he lifted him up, that was just, it was yeah. just brilliant. And also, yeah, like I said earlier, like, made Sam look huge, made him look absolutely huge. And now I think of it, was he just doing that to show off for, yes, for Rudolph's purposes? <laughs> I love that we're building this narrative that it's like some sort of quiet, repressed uh, drama that Sam is like secretly in love with Rudolf Nureyev but he's just trying to find ways to show his love to him, but not in the conventional way. Notice me, notice me, but don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, my first words for right in my notes for this scene were, oh, damn, okay. So (laughs) I was was incredibly pleasantly surprised. So then we move into the, uh, I'll say it, Emma, because I feel like you might, <laughs> it's a little bit early. Thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> so I think it's Lassie Darum Lamano. I'm yeah. going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's Mozart, it's not Wagner. <laughs> but <laughs> That old Chester. <laughs> yeah, it's it, so it's from Don Giovanni. And you've got Miss Piggy and Link in their nordic inspired outfits well it's those kind of it's that classic kind of cliche opera outfits isn't it it's always like you know those sort of viking horns yeah. and a lady wearing a sort of a, a breastplate and with the well actually the only thing she was missing was kind of like the plaits wasn't it that's what you always sort of think of mm-hmm. as like a stereotypical opera outfit i don't think you'd have that in don giovanni would you no but you know it's like short it's either that or you know when you think of like stereotypical you know when you used to watch kids cartoons and they'd go to the opera it would either be a a man or a lady standing there in the sort of the viking dress if we call it that or in a sort of um marie antoinette sort of uh big gown you know and then sort of like warbling away Oh, <laughs> 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 
Do we think Wayne and Wanda were sitting at home bitterly watching this, thinking this used to be our shtick? Yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. Well, in between, obviously, Wanda is, as we've agreed, off touring with Moomin Chance. So maybe she's in a... (laughs) She doesn't care. She's in like a black turtleneck and she catches it on the television. Maybe like a singular tear just (laughs) falls from her face. And then she turns back and be like, no, that's not my life anymore. She's not allowed to cry anymore. She has to get that flip book of paper and draw a tear (laughs) on it and hold it up. She she has to use the bubble bubble gun. (laughs) Forgotten about the bubble gun. How could you forget about the bubble gun? I don't know. The bubble gun was so funny. She has to show all her expressions with clay. Yes. I'm yeah. sad now. And then Wayne is probably like, I don't know, in some regional regional theatre doing, oh, it's January, so maybe he's just doing the tail end of Panto <laughs> and very bitterly watching the Muppet show. Wayne is definitely in Panto. <laughs> yeah. Look, he should be so lucky. Um, like, they pay well in a Panto. I, like, I wasn't 100% sure about this to start with because obviously they were singing, pro- like, well, not properly, but, you know, it. they were doing the song. It wasn't like a... You know, they were trying to do it to the best of their abilities, which are obviously relatively limited. I didn't mind that they were both trying to get in on top of one another and, you know, hog the camera. And, you know, there was lots of action with, like, the spears going up one another's noses and the shield blocking Mm. Piggy and all of that stuff. They were both hamming it up, Jay. They were hamming it up. Zing! (laughs) I was a bit like... Oh, is this all this is? Like, it didn't really, like... I mean, I know he ended up, like... And then a big magnet turned up. And and I was like, yay! (laughs) But, like, my first thought with the magnet was, like, what is that doing? Because their outfits were so clearly foam that I'd I'd actually, like, not taken that next step of thinking, oh, they're meant to be metal. So the... Jay, just go along for the ride. (laughs) Whenever a big prop turns up in a scene, you're just going to be like, well, (laughs) I guess we're going along the absurdity curve here. And then (laughs) when they just dropped them both, I was, yeah, I was fairly, like, a bit indifferent to this sketch. But then as soon as the big magnet turned up, I was like, sold! (laughs) Got it. (laughs) I love it. I loved it when it became clear that they were getting magnetized and they were going to get lifted into the air i was on board 100 percent. but there was still this thought in the back of my mind that was like that is not how that would go down because there is not one ounce of metal on them like they are all um, foam baby <laughs> all foam baby <laughs> i just like genuinely like I, you know when something just like doesn't click immediately of like oh sam's got sam's had a genius thought because they're covered in metal i was like they're not covered in metal yeah no i'm normally totally on board with it i don't know why my brain was just like i'm not reading this as metal right now yeah Mm. but no it was it was fantastic when he was in the wings and was like i need to act immediately on this (laughs) this is oh and we got another one of those gorgeous looking into the wings shots that i really like that was and did you notice that they also matched the lighting so when he was doing it there was a bit of red light um and then when you cut backstage after this immediately they kept the red light in that right hand side of the stage so they like they really were matching like the world building which i feel like they haven't done that much of that so that was really quite nice to see emma did you like the big magnet or was it (laughs) was it a step too far were you repelled by it Uh, (laughs) no i i did i loved the big magnet i thought it was really funny and actually i was like as we were just talking about wayne and wonder i was like where was that yeah, <laughs> when they needed to get rid of Wayne and Wanda. 
Maybe that is how they finally did it. <laughs> they found quite a few other ways to get rid of Wade and Wanda. They weren't, I mean, to be fair, I'm. <laughs> it's kind of odd that they had a big magnet just sort of waiting up there and they yeah. never utilised that. <laughs> but then again, they were never in metallic or foam metallic <laughs> outfits <laughs> to do so. I think they do an absolutely amazing job with the costumes and the props on the whole. But those ones, like, they just hadn't made them shiny enough. <laughs> It was foam. There was a lot of foam this episode, to be fair, but we shall get to that soon. Very soon. Actually, pretty much immediately. first number with Rudy, Rudy as we're now calling him and it starts off it's you know a very nice sort of typical ballet stage and he starts off doing his moves God, there is just ballet moves nothing better than a ballet but like it's just it's i knew you're gonna want to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> how could you not it's just god just you just you just sort of sitting there like hmm. <laughs> just it's just it's really something. It makes you sort of regret having not taken dance more seriously. It's sort of like, my God, what I could be working with had I been a proper dancer. Like just, and there we are. Not that I've got any complaints, but, you know. Just trying to... yeah, no, good uh, his, it was... Anyway, sorry, carry on. Emma. Spectacular. <laughs> Spectacular. Okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go back. We're going to go back. So Rudy got back. That's what he <laughs> He starts off kind of in the opening bars of Swan Lake, obviously doing his very classical ballet moves. And then all of a sudden, Pig Ballerina appears. <laughs> horror. Just, <laughs> just I wrote in all caps, horror. <laughs> like absolute madness. The fact that there's someone in there covered in foam. That poor dancer in there. She exactly. Must have been, he or he... she must have been cooking. He? Yes. So, I don't want to cut you off, Emma. Is there anything else you want to say immediately before I talk about Graham Fletcher? Anything you need to get out trauma-wise about the pig, the pig ballet dancer? No, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. You're good, okay. So, Graham Fletcher is the dancer who is in the pig ballerina costume, or sorry, ballerina pig, to give her a proper name. Um, and we're going to see more of Graham Fletcher in the coming seasons. He was... A part of the Royal Ballet and he worked with the Muppets a lot when they had full body costumes that I think specifically required dancing. Just a brief glance on Muppet Wiki. Thank you Muppet Wiki. Looks like there's a character that comes back quite a bit in season three and season four so we will Ooh. eventually get to that. And when I watched it the second time when I then knew that it was a man in there you can see it's a man primarily I think because of the height 
yeah. of, of how big the costume yeah. is. And also, uh, sorry, Jay, to interrupt, no, no, but I also, it. when I watched it the second time as well, there are moments where Rudy's kind of holding mm. the pig ballerina and you can really see him kind of starting to yeah. struggle a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing outfit, but it is horrifying. It is horrifying. <laughs> it's really the face scary. Is, you know that episode of The Twilight Zone where um it's it's like beauty in the eye of the, the beholder and uh this woman tries to get some plastic surgery and then she takes it off and her her face is still beautiful and it turns out all the other people in this world have like pig faces and it's meant to say something about like you know vanity although it says nothing because it's it doesn't say anything but um that's the kind of pig face they had given it it was really like twisted at the mouth and yeah. I think they maybe had taken inspiration from Hyacinth Hippo from Fantasia a little bit because it, it yep. sort mm. of, I mean, it was obviously it was a pig. I'm not saying it was a hippo, but it kind of had that vibe of the feeling. And also obviously because it's a ballerina, which which Hyacinth is. Yeah. Um, But the, the reason they did this was because Rudy said that he wanted to dance with Miss Piggy and basically they knew they couldn't make that happen. So this was the sort of compromise of making a new Muppet that obviously was a full body one that someone could actually get in and dance in. But I like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I know they obviously would have been quite limited with what they could have done with Piggy. And I guess when you see the size of the the stage that they worked on here i get that obviously the point of ballet is that you can see like the four legs and if you're lewis make sure you can see that butt (laughs) but like i wonder if they could have done something where piggy was in the half frame for a lot of it and still dancing with him or something i don't know like it's it's a it's a tricky one because this costume is horrifying Mm. it's so horrible I, I mean i guess i the only thing i guess i would say is obviously a lot of people would have known who he was at that point in time but i would say i think this is the first guest star that we've had where they've actually done their sort of main not talent but you know what i mean like he actually performs ballet and they've made it kind of center stage and they've given him the proper space to do it and he can like actually like execute proper moves kind of thing whereas I think maybe if they did it with Miss Piggy I don't know if necessarily you would have seen that as much and also it just kind of showed like his strength as well because especially when you know when he was holding like the pig ballerina and they were like going on point and you know I know obviously they cut between like just the empty foam um shell which was kind of freaky Um, and then also the one point where that you could see that it was actually tied to him as well that was quite strange yeah i i've got to say i thought it was incredibly impressive and well rehearsed as an entire sequence because it was quite substantial it was really long long. yeah it was really long yeah and i think there was a really uh, some really excellent editing in it i mean Mm. one of the classics um of when people just yeet (laughs) <laughs> an empty Muppet and just toss them across and they just flop to the ground. There was a couple of times where literally it looked the land of the, the empty Muppet into the cut, into the the, the, the dancer back in... Graham. Uh, Graham. Graham. 
cut to Graham. Cut to Graham. <laughs> cut to Graham. Cut to Graham. Cut to Graham. Cut to Graham. Getting out up and yeah, up, seamless. Up. Yeah, it really was. I thought I, I was just very very impressed by this. Don't get me wrong. I the the editing I thought was was absolutely spot on and far better than especially season one when they tried to do some of these things and you know mm. some of those edits were really really clunky or the muppet just came from off screen out of nowhere and you're like where like what they were just dancing a second ago and now they're meant to be off screen like how you know just the mental gymnastics didn't work on that whereas this yes they'd clearly choreographed it really really well mm. um I felt like I could have done with more of Graham as opposed to the floppy Muppet without anyone, you know, because especially near the end, they got to a lot of just like flinging around and then the bit where it was tied to his feet. Like, I don't really know why. I genuinely didn't clock the tie to the feet bit. I know there was a bit, there was a bit too much flinging around near the Mm. end, but up until that point, I also thought like the way that the, the outfit had been designed, it kept its shape pretty well if you know what i mean like it was only uh, you sort of forgave the illusion if mm-hmm. you know what i mean you could buy into it enough that it wasn't just uh it wasn't like um rita moreno tossing around no. a muppet man which was just you know yeah a, 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 it was almost like a scarecrow mm-hmm. do you know what i mean just it, it kept the shape uh better i suppose because of all the spinning and and turning yeah i as apart from the actual terrifying face of the of the 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 pig i thought it was great i felt a little bit like it lent too far into the muppet silliness near the end like i really could have done with a little bit more of nureyev just doing his nureyev sorry nureyev doing nureyev like okay yes you want to see what what he does with the muppets but equally exactly like you were just saying emma like they've given him this big space to to dance like let him dance i thought it was enough i thought we got enough at the beginning i don't you know but we've complained before about um you know songs or sketches from guests where it's like why are the muppets not integrated into this enough and i thought look we give them you give them a minute of the good stuff literally and then and then we bring the pig bring on graham (laughs) (laughs) and q graham of his three numbers this is the one for me that i just felt like it didn't quite work. Like they were, like mm. I didn't not enjoy it, but I felt like for the length of the song, I felt like maybe the ratio of proper ballet to silliness wasn't quite right. And also, like although I did really appreciate it from a technical point of view, I felt like the decisions that they'd made just around whether it was real pig human or you know floppy pig. <laughs> were maybe was maybe slightly off as well i just felt a little bit disappointed that like they had this opportunity and they just really especially near the end they just really really lent into like complete chaos and carnage (laughs) but not necessarily in like a finesse i know that word doesn't go with it but you know what i mean like it just sort of felt a bit like oh we're just gonna totally go for it Mm. but having said that by no means absolutely not the worst use of a guest star or you know i mean it was it was great and it was lovely that they did give him the space even if it was only for like 40 seconds or whatever it was to do his thing at the start like it was really nice that they obviously said like yeah go ahead you just go 
you go do it. We go from Swine Lake into our UK spot with the little whatnot, who's kind of missing half of his face and like on the table, it's like little half teapots and like empty plates and cake stands and also the little Mona Lisa painting is missing her face as well. And he sings a song called Something Missing. I've got two wheels on my tricycle and four toes on each foot. I've got six days in my week and up with this I will not put. I'm a bath without a plug and I'm a handle with no jug. I'm a kiss without a hug unless you're near me. I've got three strings on my violin and I'm an only twin. Something's missing, something's missing, something's everything kind of disappears and I love the fact that when he's about to sing Missing he disappears and then he talks about two blind mice instead of three and like two and two make three and everything it's quite a sad little melancholic song but then sort of halfway through the kind of lady whatnot appears and then it all gets happy again and all the cakes and the like face on the Mona Lisa turns up and his kind of complete face you know, happens, but then they disappear a bit at the end. But I thought it was quite a sweet little song. It took me a while to grasp the concept. <laughs> it was only really once the, the, the female whatnot turned up that I was like, oh, okay, cool, I get it. Um, and also all I could think was um, how much the the lady whatnot looked like um, the Liz Lemon Muppet in that yes, episode yes. of Dirty Rock. When they do that little joke yeah. where she just flops by the when camera. When I was watching it, I was like, this seems very familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's the Liz Lemon Muppet. <laughs> Maybe it's the same little whatnot that they used for that. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know if those are officially... I, I don't think the, uh, the that when that Muppet shows up, it's a, a Jim Henson Muppet. It's not like when Kermit turns up at... Um, Don Geis's uh, funeral, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> that show is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I like this is a very sweet little song. Like that idea of not being complete until you've got your other half. Like it's a very. I thought it was a little clumsy, if I'm honest. I didn't like the look of the the sort of half no that Muppet whatnot. It yeah. that didn't really land as a concept for me. I don't know. It, for me, it was actually the first weak spot of the episode. Um, it's kind of one of the. It's it's one of those times I kind of wish I'd had the American cut, so I could have just hopped right over. Oh, it I don't think it's that bad. I do think, like, I agree with you. I think the whatnot was a little bit strange. I think they'd done like each side of his face had a different shape, and I think that was actually the problem. Like, because even when he was complete, he still looked a little bit lopsided, and I'm not sure if that. It, it just didn't, yeah. you know, like on, on immediate first glance, it was just a little bit strange that like, you know, like I feel like it would have been stronger if they'd literally like almost cut his face down the middle and one side had like totally normal features and the other side was just blank or something. You know, I feel like that would have just been that bit easier to grasp. There were a few seasons on uh, Drag Race where they used to make the queens do a kind of a split face mm-hmm. drag where it'd be... Uh, you know, female presenting on one side and male presenting on the other. And there is such an amazing way you can do that where it's literally, you know, you turn to the left yeah. and the illusion yeah. is happening, you turn to the right. And this just felt confusing. Mm-hmm. That plus, and, and then the scenery setting was a bit, 
I felt it was a bit haphazard. So I was like, okay, so the Mona Lisa is missing her face. And then we've got empty cups and saucers. And I don't know, it all just felt a bit muddled. I couldn't tell whether we were doing an Alice in Wonderland thing or whether we were doing, I don't know, topsy-turvy kind of... I got it by the end, but but I thought it was just very clumsily set up and I didn't think the art direction, you know, the prop usage and even the Muppet itself were, were selling the concept. Yeah, I think there was... I mean, typical UK sport. Like, I'm guessing they obviously didn't put an awful lot into it. And it t- yeah. it took me a minute to look at, like, the teapot without a spout, for instance. So I was like, is that what that is meant to be? I was like, oh, okay, that is what that's meant to be. Yeah. And there was, like, I think at the end there was, like, a vase that was filled with flowers. And, again, it wasn't necessarily that obvious that, like, oh, it's the flowers that are missing. You know, it's like a vase can exist on its own without flowers. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, I guess by the end of it, I was like, oh, this is, the- like, it's quite a sweet message sort of thing. And it's a Paul Tracy song. And he's the songwriter who also wrote some other songs that we've had on the show before, like The Ugly Song and Wishing Song. So I think when you know that, you can kind of see that it's in like that sort of yeah similar vein. as Yeah, as quite like numbers. melancholic. Mm. I didn't mind it, but yeah, definitely a typical kind of UK spot, really. Well, then from melancholy to tragedy, <laughs> we get a veterinarian's hospital and it's all based around Hamlet. Shakespeare. Well, yeah, but okay. well it's they predominantly most no do you know i'm gonna stick with this predominantly most of the jokes are uh, from or about hamlet and then they just toss in a bit of like taming of the shrew and i don't think that's true i feel like most of it's just naming shakespeare plays isn't it it was hamlet to be or not to be um there there was was, alas poor yorick that's also hamlet there's um well there was taming of the shrew yeah, so that's just one. There's, they they said about they named like Richard the Richard the second Henry and the fourth. Henry the fourth. Yeah. There was um, I feel like there was some other. Okay, fine, but I'm just saying Hamlet was kind of the jumping off point, and there is a pig on the operating table. Yeah. So you know what? They're <laughs> all coming I'm... it up. Thank you, yes, they're very good. <laughs> just <laughs> you use that one already. Yeah, yeah but you can't do oh, it again. No, <laughs> that's it. I'm fresh out of anecdotes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> there was a running theme of ha- Hamlet, which wasn't surprising, seeing as there was a pig. A, r- a running theme of ham. Ha- just- <laughs> it was <like> Hamlet. <laughs> ham. <laughs> People do like the way she says ham. But I, I like. I, do, I just felt like they were other than like the to be or not to be in a last poor porric. Like yeah, they, I mean that was. <laughs> they were basically just naming plays. Like it wasn't exactly. I was sort of expecting them to. Oh, take... I liked um sounds and sounds what sounds like sounds like whatever to me. I thought that was quite. What cool. I didn't get that. What was that? What sounds? It's like a an old you know expression of like oh you know sounds. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh, I okay. Can't. I was like, I had. I was like, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> you must have heard the term like sound sounds before i genuinely um, don't think i have I, it's like s-w-o-u-n i think okay yeah no that one that one genuinely went over my head it kind of felt like you know when like someone says oh you know you have to talk about shakespeare and someone just basically re- reels off all of the names of the plays and chucks in <laughs> Emma, a few just quotes. say me at university it'd be quicker <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that complete Shakespeare works was, I don't think, ever cracked open. <laughs> it's fine. I, I know the ones I want to know, you know. Yeah, I was just expecting a little bit more. I suppose I was expecting more in the vein of the, like, to be or not to be and alas, poor Porrick, rather than just, like, them setting up to be able to say titles of the plays. <laughs> not that I expect people to be able to just reel off, like, loads and loads of Shakespeare quotes, but, it, like, I don't know. Between I can do my Hamlet monologue <laughs> if you so require. <laughs> no one wants that, Lewis. No one wants no, that. Well, no, they, well, Central School of Speech of Drama didn't, so... <laughs> Oh, that's not true. They put me on the waiting list. It's fine. Um, but I'm sure between all of the people that were working on the Muppet Show, they could have had a, you know, someone could have gone around and been like, "Can you name some Shakespeare quotes, please? We need to do some puns based on them." Like that would no. have just been a bit more Im- imaginative, I think. <laughs> I did think it was quite funny at the end with the voiceover when they were talking about time and they were all looking because there's like yes. no like clock or like anything with the time anywhere. That was quite funny. Yeah, that was, I think this felt more of a step up from the shoe-based. Oh yeah, the shoe veterinarian's was awful. hospital. At least this had an actual patient, and actually, again, it was cr- trying to elevate veterinarians hospital so they were like oh so let's do shakespeare in veterinarians hospital you know it's that's still in keeping with the 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 narrative thrust of the episode absolutely and actually in keeping that most of the puns were based around just the titles of the plays because Because again all the muppets would know yeah it's you know they don't know (laughs) that it's mozart and they get the name of the minuet wrong like it that is actually in keeping Mm. but it's just a bit disappointing from an actual joke point of view yeah because you're just like okay i do think the sort of um statler mordorf button at the end was quite funny where they were like (laughs) i can't remember which one it was and they were like oh it offended me and then why and it's like and then he said something like, oh, I'm, I was a student with, you were a student with Shakespeare. Yeah, um, I think it's, Statler says, I was a student of Shakespeare, yeah, and Wardoff yeah. says, you're a student with Shakespeare. That's it, yeah. That was yeah. funny. They were good this episode. They, like, I mean. Yeah, they had lots of nice little moments. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was all very typical, like, there's nothing better than Grand Opera. That was nothing like it, you know, it yeah. was it, very no- Yeah, there's nothing like Grand Opera. Yeah, you're right, there was nothing like Grand Opera. Yeah, yeah. it was great yeah. to have the the little zingers on the end of yeah very uh, that one's almost very like marx brothers Mm. kind of uh verbal verbal comedy um let's get into this next number (laughs) so we have a little backstage business and adorable robin on stage in his little too big hat trying to introduce before we get to robin we've got to go to backstage yeah with piggy got, and kermit we've got miss piggy oh in of a course town. yes we do where she says coming rudy yeah. <laughs> which really like really just made me want her to burst into hello dolly because if somebody is screaming rudy like <laughs> hello rudy <laughs> there's only one song that needs to play after that <laughs> I thought it was um I thought it was quite funny for the fact that she obviously thought she was gonna do the duet with Kermit and then finds out that it's gonna be Rudy, so she's really happy, but she kind of like smacks Kermit and then like goes off. <laughs> it's a nice balancing out of last week uh with Miss Mousy and Kermit. Yes. It feels like uh Piggy really got her oh. She got, got the last a, laugh here for sure. Like she, she was I mean <laughs> Look, let's get into it. Um Miss Piggy approaching a hot twonk in a sauna was a very approachable scene for me. So I was like, just from the moment he walked in, I was like, thank you, homosexual 1970s. It was just, 
I have but to. Then... Sorry, just before we. Sorry, just before we go into it, though, I did just like. Before you see your brother continue to get hornier. And hornier <laughs> over. I just wanted to say about Robin's introduction, where he's like, "I've had to come on and do this because Kermit's trying to get the spiked heel marks off his throat." Like, I know. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. He was very sweet. I I actually really did like Robin in this episode. I was like, this is just the right amount and you can go away now. (laughs) I like that. I feel like this is generally probably what we're going to see from him now on. It's just like a cute little kid Muppet. Like I am, this Mm. is what I'm expecting. I feel like the Bernadette Peters episode was obviously just meant to be like his sort of introduction or reintroduction. (laughs) Remember him? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And welcoming him into the Muppets almost like yeah yeah just as long as he doesn't get too scrappy do yes you know what I mean yeah 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 but um but yeah I I mean I guess it's quite funny though that like yeah the most chased Muppet is then introducing probably the horniest is this the horniest (laughs) yeah sketch that (laughs) we've like I think or the sexual energy between Animal and Rita Moreno Mm. I think and maybe Bert and Connie Stevens but that was very pure (laughs) oh Connie um, but this was just... Don't you uh, talk to strangers? It depends on how strange the stranger is. <laughs> Wonderful sense of humor you have. And you have a marvelous mind. And the other parts ain't bad either. Just think of it. Last week I've been dancing with Natalia Makarova. And today I'm in a steam room with a lady pig. Heaven is this one. It's more like the other place. Uh, well, uh, if you're warm, maybe you're overdressed. No, I'm fine. Maybe I'm overdressed. That's what I'm leaving. Oh, no, sweetie, you just got here. Please. You don't understand. I really can't stay. It's cold outside. I've got to go away. It's cold outside. Evening has been. Lucky that you got I hold your hands, they're cold as ice. I mean, there was a part where I was genuinely like, are they genuinely going to rip this towel? Yeah, I know. I thought the towel was coming off. Nureyev. That rough looking pool. Like, I know. I was like, ew, look at that water. What sort of strange, I don't know, regional holiday camp are they are they at for this shallow pool that only goes up to your ankles? It was But what it's January 1978. Why are they singing Baby It's Cold Outside? It's very strange. I like I was on board with this. They gender swapped the duet, hadn't yes, they? they did. Which I loved. And that's so piggy that she's obviously being the one that's like, <laughs> come hither, do not leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really, I really, really appreciated that. I just thought the steam room setting was, I feel like it just ticked a lot of boxes for them. She was offering up those steamed pork buns. She- <laughs> that's what she was- <laughs> he could get his top off. Great. We could have yeah. piggy all over him with the with the threat of the towel falling down any minute which added an extra layer of fun to it like yeah. they obviously were like oh we want we want them to have a great duet what could we do where could we set it maybe it's cold outside in a steam room 
I like. I think that's genius. I'm sorry. I think oh, it's yeah. genius. No, it is. I think the only thing was it did give me some flashbacks to. Um, <laughs> oh, is it worth telling the story? Um, no, it's fine. It's like a performance story, not like a. <laughs> so one time in Vauxhall, um, no, when I was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, in 2011, there was a production of Sweet Charity done by this amateur theatre group. It was an all-male production of Sweet Charity. And it was one of... And we saw it on the opening night because we could see it for free because it was in one of the same venues as ours. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. (gasps) But in a hysteria... Like, audience crying with laughter (laughs) at how bad it was. Oh, no! Um, And sort of the first number started and the keyboard... Like, the keyboard that was the only accompaniment they had, (laughs) they had sort of decided to use this kind of, like parping kind of like <laughs> like it wasn't just a piano it was like <laughs> and it was like okay that's a choice um and they you know they did the opening number um and then as it went on you suddenly started realizing like oh they are miming props that they don't have um like you know somebody wheeled on this trolley it was like chicken beef pork nothing on the trays like <laughs> oh, at all God. um and the moment we realised that clearly this was so drastically under-rehearsed and bad was when somebody arrived at a door and from off stage you heard a... Like, and then from the tech d- desk you got a bing-bong <laughs> sound effect. <laughs> just like... But, and so that from that point we were like, oh shit, this is bad. But then, when they did Rhythm of Life... Oh, and I forgot to mention, um, the set for this show was a grimy tiled back wall with four urinals what? Uh, just attached to it exactly made no sense nobody ever used them um, thank god and then, and the, <laughs> wait and then they did rhythm of life sung by a disinterested <laughs> drag queen flatly singing into a microphone and they do it in a sauna so they pump a load of steam in everybody in the cast is in towels including some very young male members <laughs> of this cast and then right at the end, three of the men fully whip off their towels and are just spinning their dicks around <laughs> and just like to the finale of Rhythm of Life. Oh and this drag, this drag queen just trying to do this <laughs> shitty falsetto going, Live! and just like these dicks going and the audience is just screaming, just like, ah, what is that? And just oh my for God. the next like scene and a half the audience even when they're just like really I'm just like what the hell is happening like this is the worst thing we've ever seen <laughs> it was just so weird and upsetting and just nuts and then oh it was one of the like my, I was my stomach hurt from like how much I was like heaving with laughter over the 90 minutes of this 90 minutes of 90 this minutes. production all male production of sweet charity but yeah, so the long and short of it was, I think I did have a little bit of PTSD when I saw uh, a, a musical number taking place in a sauna. It was just, ah, it's happening again. Well, I luckily, I think <laughs> Piggy's a little bit more professional than that. She is. Although I've got to say, not much of a singer is our Rudy. <laughs> no, but. As I said earlier, like, you can't do everything. Like, I mean, you know. No, I know, but it's strange that they gave him two songs (laughs) when he's not the strongest singer. Like, it's fine. And obviously he can dance it and sell it. But it's a a little 
It's a little wobbly, let's be honest. I feel like you can kind of get away with sin talking in Baby It's Cold Outside. You can, but then we've got, you know, putting on the top hat or putting on my top hat. That, that's more <laughs> of a stretch, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually felt like he, like his acting in this, like his response to Piggy was fairly decent. I mean, I don't know how much of that was just genuine terror that she was coming at him. That like, Frank Oz was yeah. going to whip that towel <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. I was going to say, like, Piggy went absolutely crazy. She, did. she was hog wild. She, like, she was. <laughs> she. It was great. She was unleashing the full force of Miss Piggy, the page three model. Like, she was just on yeah. it. I, I did think it was, like, not incredibly well choreographed yeah. if you, it was like a little the sloppy and a bit, a bit messy. strange at times yes yeah lots of times where piggy was just fully behind yeah. rudolph and i don't know if that was literally frank trying to whip that <laughs> towel off like who's to say but it was a a hot ballet dancer in a towel singing with miss piggy so it ticks all the boxes for me <laughs> like, and he went through the wall I, at the end as he ran away yeah. from oh, <laughs> Oh my god, that sort of cartoonish, yeah, hole in the wall. Yeah, it was great. It was. Very, very um, Warner Brothers kind mm. of uh, cartoon style. Like, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Just so hilarious that Miss Piggy, despite her love for Kermit, is still just so horny for. <laughs> I love it. Any any attractive man that might come her way. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Hashtag relatable queen. So. <laughs> Uh, from one relatable queen into our little king, Emma, do you want to take us into the next next sketch? Oh, <laughs> Rolf is wearing a little bow tie. It's so I cute. Know. So cute. Oh my god. He I think this is my abs- outfit of the week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just just a bow tie. Just a little bow tie. Just a little bow tie. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We go to Rolf on the piano playing Claire de Lune and it's so sweet and it starts off really, really quite cute. And then you see Fozzie's little hat appear and his little face. And he's like, where's your candelabra? Where is it? Don't worry. I'll get it. And then like Rolf's literally like, oh God. And then he like just tries to keep playing along. And then I just love this whole bit with him and Fozzie and Fozzie like sneaking on, putting the candelabra on the top. Then he sneaks off. Then he tries to like light it. With a match. With with a match. And then obviously that's not working. And then poor Rolf, is like trying to be very professional and getting kind of annoyed with him. And then I love the next part where he's holding a lighter. Yeah. And oh, I'm like, which, which I've got to say, he got from Gonzo. Yeah. Because yeah, he goes, from Gonzo. Gonzo. And he comes back with like, so I love the idea that Gonzo is just off stage smoking. Just, yeah. Like, we just, but just, also, like, I was slightly scared smoker. that like Fozzy was going to go up in flames because it yeah. was probably sparking in yep. his hand. Yep. <laughs> and then obviously that didn't work and then the next step he then gets a blowtorch i mean that was that was the one where i was like jesus Christ. yeah it's like from gonzo and then yeah. i love the fact that fossey's like this is it now it's gonna work it's gonna be great it's gonna yeah. be great and then he just ends up melting the top of the candelabra off but yeah i thought it was really fun and it was just nice to see fossey again as well i know we haven't seen him in so long and it was such a perfect utilization of him this was incredible there is nothing funnier than Fozzie in particular, trying to not be noticed and doing everything he can to apparently stay in the background, but actually stealing the entire limelight off of what's going on. The way that it progressed and he got 
ever so slightly louder each time, like when he was yelling, like, lighter, lighter. Mm. And then by the time he had the blowtorch, that he's just fully just standing there with the blowtorch, just talking to Ralph, as he called yeah, Ralph. Yeah, I know, he called him Ralph as well. Which was strange. Um, no, it was... It was absolutely amazing. Of all of the Muppets, of course, Rolf is just happily playing Claire de Lune. He's not got a problem with knowing who the, you know, that it's a Debussy and that he knows how to play it and it's all good. But he's still thwarted because he's forgotten his candelabra and Fozzie needs to sort it out for him. Like, it was such a nice little twist on on that. And especially after so many UK spots where we've been like, oh, nothing's happened or it's just... Yeah. You know, it is just Rolf playing. Like, this was this was amazing. It was. Just right from that first little shot as they pan around and you just see Fozzie, like, bop up and go mm. like, oh, and then, like, bop back down again. I was like, oh, something's going to be happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. yeah, I thought this was, yeah, perfect. Great. Also really quite rewarding for people who have watched all the episodes and... Who have had to sit through all those UK spots where nothing happens. Well, but also, like, all the times that we've, and I'm sure people in the 70s were the same, been like, what is going to happen to that candle? That is a real flame. Like, yes. Rolf's <laughs> about to go up. And then this one that they actually, like, call it out, like, oh, you forgot it. Like, I need to go yeah. get it. But then also that it does actually melt. But thankfully, <laughs> Rolf survives. It's fine. Yeah. No, it was um, a really lovely little sketched again it just perfectly fits into the the drive of the episode of like oh we're trying to do yeah you know heightened we're trying to do uh you know dignified cultured dignified. Yeah, brilliant yeah i love the fact that in this last number sam has decided that apparently tap is not dignified <laughs> well i think it's more that obviously there is a quite a line between doing ballet dancing and then like any form of modern dancing yes i suppose so I think that's where it comes from, as opposed to it necessarily being about it being like dignified or not. I think it's just more about like it, whether it's like entertainment or mm. classical performance. Culture, yeah. yeah, exactly. Culture. Yeah. Um, but I loved that we started with this in, in the dressing room, in backstage, that obviously he was hidden so that you couldn't see that he was in the tux. I was genuinely wondering what we were going to yeah, what get was, as a what finale was... outfit. I was like... Hot pants, hot pants, hot pants, hot pants, hot pants. <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> some sort of disco number or oh something. Oh my god! <laughs> imagine that would have been amazing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what a wasted opportunity! God damn it! <laughs> ten out of ten. No notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it then obviously moved out from behind the screen. We got a little bit of tap dancing and the start of top hat, white tie, and tails. In, from in the dressing Top Hat, room. right? Yes, from Top yeah. Hat. Yeah. Irving, Irving Berlin from Top Hat. And then that we move into the backstage area where all of the Muppets are in matching tuxedos. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, it was amazing. And I loved like how they did Miss Piggy with her hair as well. Yes. That was so good. And looked so, like, that's so modern. I mean, that's basically yeah. what she looks like at the start of Muppets Most Wanted. Right? I was just when about they... to say the same. Yeah. 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 It's And again, just the blocking of this and the... The, the camera angle choices mm. so we get the one line and we're going across the sort of balcony and then we cut to an angle looking up as he comes down and we've got more Muppets in the forefront and then he taps his way onto the stage it felt really just well thought out and and gorgeous it felt it was lovely I really really liked it <laughs> Hi, 
putting on my top hat, tying up my white tie, brushing off my tail. I am putting up my shirt, putting in my shirt, polishing my name. He's stepping out of here to breathe an atmosphere that simply reeks with class. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was just really, it was lovely, actually. I just loved them all in their little, like, tuxes and top hats. It was amazing. And we had the Ethel Merman lights again. Um, yeah. When on stage, which was... I love that they've like... just got those somewhere in storage. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Let's bring out the lights. They're like, we only bring them out for the, the absolute, like icons of their craft but Which, we will bring them out rude when we have to them. bernadette peters frankly she got stuck <laughs> in a sort of white void with a couple of i mean dying elm trees well to be fair her final number was down on the farm with the jug band so i Don't think it's know. even worse than the white void with the with the trees did she have a country album she was promoting i don't know we never checked that i I don't know. I, I don't, don't know what they not. were thinking. This is this is what you do with a star. Like this, yes, it you is. know, get, this is the treatment they deserve. Yeah, I like as you've already said, Lewis. Like his singing, clearly not great, but the, not great. It was just so charming, and it was quite fun to see him tap as well because I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Yeah, there's you know, something about nice... a man in a tailcoat that just yeah, it does. It works. Who knew? <laughs> how Emma feels about Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> My only question about this was at the end when he turned the cane into a gun and started shooting the Muppet. So that is a fairly kind of, um, that, that's been done before. Um, and I feel like it's either Fred Astaire who might actually do it in that number. Okay. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, a bit thing. that's done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say when I was like, oh, that's kind of a bit odd. But then I was like, well, maybe that's part no, of it. No, it's definitely, I, I can't recall where I've seen it before, but it's, I've definitely seen it at least on a couple of other occasions. Usually the um, chorus is at the back of the stage mm-hmm. uh, and the, uh, the main dancers at the front and doing that there when they do their big sort of step forward that becomes the the bang mm-hmm. of the gun mm-hmm. um but again i loved the, the way that they were able to frame it enough so we did get all the muppets coming to join him albeit like very obviously they would actually be past the footlights uh if if they were but <laughs> but maybe they were meant to be in it's the orchestra pit, you know <laughs> but um no i i he needed was... the whole stage Lewis, exactly okay? <laughs> that ass needed a whole stage <laughs> Uh, yeah, and actually did have one second question, which was, um, why is Menomina included in the chorus line of Muppets? Maybe like, Menomina can tap. <laughs> just very confused. We haven't seen Menomina in, I don't even know how long. And all of a sudden he's in the chorus line with a lot of our major Muppets. I'm very, Maybe he like, fitted into the, the little mini suit that they, they had to hand. You know what I mean? Like it would, yeah. it would cost more money to make a big suit for a bigger Muppets. So they were like, this fits Menomina. <laughs> Get him on. <laughs> Bang it on. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I wonder if that was Robin's suit that they just... Uh, yeah, probably. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. Quite possibly. Yeah, it was it was a great, great finale for the yeah. episode. And just, again, Ru- Rudy's whole vibe in the sort of the goodbyes, he just seemed so game and up for it. 
this entire episode and that's such a, a nice thing and the fact that you said oh he really wanted to dance with Miss Piggy you know he clearly watched and liked the mm. show and was yeah. aware of it so it, it and it's reflected in his his vibe and and desire to want to do it and willing to get his kit off for a family entertainment show I really liked with the goodbyes as well like I felt like we'd kind of dropped the Sam the Eagle story a little bit in the second half of the episode but having him come back on with the goodbyes Mm. and having him say no I'm sorry I let you back in was just perfect Mm. cherry on top of the cake exactly how Sam the Eagle feels yeah exactly oh no you're one of them you're not one you know I thought you were like me and you're not (laughs) you're on the same page as Kermit like yeah I'm surrounded such a good thing and then having Rudy call him Baldy yes <laughs> and put the hat on him yeah was that was great oh, lovely was so funny yeah that's really a treat yeah a treat indeed nice end to the episode well I'm going to be very excited to see how we're each going to rank this episode but first we must decide on our MVMP otherwise known as our most valued Muppet performer Emma why don't you kick us off? So my MVMP for this episode is going to be Sam the Eagle. Yay! Yay! I just love his whole storyline throughout this whole episode. And the fact that he keeps just saying, you know, this we need culture and dignity. And just his interactions with Kermit, which I mentioned earlier, like with the washing the flippers. And then when he like picks him up as well. And his whole, like, you know, interaction with Rudy when he's like, you punk kid, you hippie. Yeah. And just, like, every time when he came on, you know, on the different introductions as well, being like, keep it classy. And then his horror at what was unfolding in front of him. Um, I just thought it was great. It was really fun. And even his, like, little vest top tuxedo was really funny. Um, He was just really, really great. Um, And I just loved all his different interactions with everyone this week. So for that reason, for this episode, Sam the Eagle is going to be my MVMP. How about you, Jade? So I was thinking I wanted to give it to Sam too, but I loved Piggy and I love Fozzie. Can I go off book and give it to Frank Oz, please? Because I thought all of his characters were amazing. I mean, you can, Lewis is pulling a face. but it's going to throw the Excel spreadsheet, Jane. So, I mean... <laughs> okay, look. Okay, no, no, I, no, I, no. No, it's fine. No, I think no, we no, can... No, 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 it's fine. Can... I, I will give it to Sam, but with an asterisk that it's... The, it, the Sam... asterisk will be worse for the spreadsheet, Jane. If anything, just say Frank Oz. Like, <laughs> Frank if you start, Oz. Yeah, just go, go with okay, your Okay, we'll your say card. Frank Oz. I genuinely felt like all of his main Muppets, Sam, Piggy, Fozzie all just totally stole the spotlight when they were when they were on screen they were all just absolutely fantastic the characterization for all of them was so so spot on and they all had these little moments just their little a little tiny like flick of the eyes or a throwback of the head or fozzy just peeking up behind the piano like just absolutely completely spot on and exactly what I'm looking for when I watch the Muppet show and it was so delightful to see so yeah I'm sorry I was struggling to pick between them so I'm sorry to ruin the Excel spreadsheet Lewis. no it's fine it's fine <laughs> so uh yeah Lewis uh <laughs> who was your MVMP <laughs> so I mean obviously Sam and Piggy were doing great stuff this episode but I think actually I'm going to have to give it to Fozzie. Yeah. We haven't seen him do anything in so long. And he just popped up in one perfect little scene 
and made it completely. And it was so in keeping with his character and just so cute and funny and sweet. And yeah, I, I there was really nobody else that made me sort of, you know, gasp with delight in such the same way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, beyond <laughs> Rudy's ass. So... <laughs> <laughs> Or them titties. So <laughs> those tig old biddies, um, to quote Beyonce, Renaissance, out now. Um, it was, yeah, so I think it's got to be, it's got to be Fuzzy Bear. All right, we are going to move on to our rankings for this week's episode. Jade, why don't you kick us off? I really enjoyed this week's episode. Um, I think, I, I'm sure as you can tell from our conversation, like, I don't think there's that much to complain about really so i'm going to give it seven and a half blow torches out of ten yeah i feel like they they obviously took this idea of what can we do with rudolf nureyev and how would all of the individual muppets respond to having a classical performer on the show and they built a really really solid narrative and episode not only with the actual plot of the story, with with Sam trying to make the show more dignified and, and bring it up so it was more cultural, but also that you had all of the sketches and songs responding to this this central idea. I do think of Rudy's numbers, Swine Lake was the one that I found the most disappointing, but actually it was still enjoyable enough. I just, you know, I just felt like it could use some tweaks but yeah like there weren't that many low points particularly in the episode i think the uk spot could be a bit stronger but it's the uk spot i feel like at this point we kind of we shrug and as long as it's not totally terrible you're like okay it's 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 passable it's forgivable but yeah i just i i really really did enjoy this episode i think the reason i've given it seven and a half is because it wasn't like it doesn't totally stand out to me as one of my all-time favourite episodes, but there's a hell of a lot going on here that I really, really did enjoy. And yes, more fuzzy, please, just in general. Uh, so yeah, seven and a half out of ten blowtorches. Lewis, I'm going to mess it up and go to you next. Um, I think this was actually the episode that I've enjoyed the most so far this season. I think it's a really strong narrative I think the writers do really well deciding what they can do with each and every sort of group of Muppets with the concept. I think all the performers are doing great. And look, Rudolf Nureyev is an easy on the eye and he got his top off. So it's kind of everything I want from entertainment. So I think I'm going to give it eight and a half skimpy sauna towels out of ten. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was just a joy from start to finish and is is so what I hope The Muppet Show is going to continue moulding into. The only weak spot for me really was just the UK spot. Everything else I really appreciated in one way or another. Um, yeah, my, my I, I think it's my favourite episode so far this season. Yeah, so I've got to give it its highest mark so far. So I'm going eight and a half. So I'm still hedging my bed, bets a little bit. But um, yeah, Emma. So for this episode, I'm going to give it eight tuxes out of ten <laughs> i mean to start off with like i said i love tuxes and everyone is in a tux practically for this whole episode which is you know just a great point on its on its own and i just thought it was a really fun episode i love the kind of backstage business how it went on to like the you know the front of the stage and you know all the sort of songs and sketches we had i thought were really solid kind of like you both said the uk spot for me was I mean, it was sweet, but it was kind of like a bit of a like, 
moment in the episode but I just thought overall it was really really strong I thought Rudy was a great guest on the show I loved everyone's interaction with him Miss Piggy with him in Baby It's Cold Outside was just hilarious and just sort of Sam throughout the episode as well and his interactions with Kermit and I just thought it was a really solid episode and again a bit like you said Lou to be honest out of everything we've seen so far I would have to say it's probably been my favourite one. But again, I am sort of hedging my bets by only giving it eight, just because I know we've got some really great guest stars coming up. So yeah, so for this episode, I'm going to give it eight tuxes out of ten. Lovely. And now it's time for us to amble on over to Jade's Muppet Book. Have we got a name for this properly? I think it's just Jade's Book Jade's Book Corner. No, so no is the answer then. The fact that Emma and I answer differently, no. It's a no. <laughs> Jade's Muppet Book Club Corner Club. <laughs> Jade's Muppet Book Club Corner Club, I think it's what we have to go with. <laughs> Jade, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, so this week I am actually going to read a little segment from Jim Henson, The Works. So we've got another book in the book club. Yay! Uh, Yeah, so I've picked this section because it speaks directly about this episode, which I thought was quite interesting. So this is from Jim Henson, The Works, also by Christopher Finch. And Christopher Finch writes, As the second season progressed, The Muppet Show began to take on a new vitality. The Muppet Theatre format began to function flawlessly, and the onset chemistry pushed performers to higher levels of achievement. And with all the other elements in place, the writers were able to turn out consistently funny scripts. About halfway through that second season, Jerry Jewell recalls, I suddenly had the sense that everything was working, that we had reached a new plateau. Among other things, it was becoming easier to develop storylines holding each show together. There were often demented variations on the old Busby Berkeley type of backstage movie plot crossbred with hilarious glosses on contemporary sitcoms. At the same time, The backstage format permitted the writers to slot musical numbers and other variety show elements seamlessly into the continuity, as well as glorious parodies of soap operas, Veterinarian's Hospital, space operas, Pigs in Space, and movie spoofs. As the show picked up momentum, it also picked up in the ratings. People began to tune in regularly to see what stunt Kermit or Fozzie or Gonzo would pull next. Show business personalities and their agents noticed. Suddenly, Bernie Brillstein found that it was no longer difficult to engage guest stars to appear in the show. A key moment in season two, and in the entire history of The Muppets, came when Rudolf Nureyev agreed to do the show. The news that the world's most famous ballet dancer, a cultural icon of monumental stature, would be appearing on the programme generated unprecedented press coverage and audience curiosity. Fortunately, the show lived up to its advanced billing, with Nureyev allowing himself to be the butt of outrageous gags, dancing at one point with a gargantuan pig dressed in tutu and toe shoes. Lovely. <laughs> Do we give away that you hadn't decided what, you're, what you were putting into book club this week, so we're just going to do some like neutral expressions? Oh, that's lovely. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Provocative. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Uh-huh. Rudy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you so much for listening to Muppetsational. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review as it really helps spread the word about the podcast. You can follow us 
on social media. We are at Muppetsational on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. You can contact us at hi-ho at muppetspodcast.com. And you can find out more about us and the podcast at muppetspodcast.com. Well, thank you all for joining us for another episode. Uh, We are now going to enjoy the rest of our Saturday morning. (laughs) Um, Until next week, I've been Lewis Chandler. I've been Jade Turner. And I've been Emma Chandler. We shall see you on another episode of Muppetsational. Bye! Bye! Our theme music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin MacLeod and our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on Instagram. That was a funny show. Yes, it was. I wonder if they meant it that way. (laughs) 